Our guest this week is Sarah Cullen, who is an expert in energy systems. Sarah discusses the components that supply the electric power grid and their various strengths and weaknesses. In Ireland, we have very high reliance on wind energy, which is generally a good thing, but also needs to be backed up with currently fossil fuel generated electricity. This obviously adds to our carbon emissions. Sarah asks why we are not at least considering nuclear as an option for our electricity supply. Not the least because the total life cycle carbon emissions are extremely low. Consideration by governmental bodies of nuclear generated electricity is prohibited by law in Ireland, which seems daft to me. Sarah asks some reasonable and fair questions and wants to open the debate up about the best way forward, considering that electricity demand will grow in line with the increasing use of electricity in transport and new industries such as data centres. Sarah is a great guest and she plays out with an appropriate choice of song. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling Solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. So welcome to the podcast, and we have a very interesting guest this week with Sarah Cullen. We're going to talk about an issue that isn't aired a lot in Ireland, but is, is quite interesting with the carbon emissions issue, and that is nuclear power. So Sarah, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Not all. Delighted to have you. And you actually, you, you know a lot about this. You worked in the solar industry in Ireland, and you have a master's in energy systems, so you're quite well versed in the pros and cons of different types. Is Tell us a little bit about your background first. Yeah, so I did an undergrad in physics and then a master's in energy systems engineering. And then I actually did my master's thesis on what would replace Money Point Power Station in Clare, the coal plant. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at some nuclear plants that could potentially replace it. Then I worked in Irish solar development, so in planning um, for a while. And now I work in a company called the World Nuclear University. So it's training for the nuclear sector. Okay. People mightn't be, my people might have a view of nuclear bad and say renewables good for the, for the sake of argument. And obviously Ireland has huge access to wind energy. So maybe could you talk a little bit about why should we even look at doing something that replaces any wind energy. Can we not have a whole network run off wind energy for a start? Well, we are going to have a lot of wind energy. The Climate Action Plan 2019, which, will, which we assume will be implemented, says that Ireland's going to get up to 70% renewables by 2030, or at least 70% renewables by 2030. And um, that's going to include wind and also some solar. What we are currently using to buy, so because it's not always windy and you... When you are using electricity, you need an instant supply of electricity. 
you have a few options. You can store it, but that's quite expensive um, and difficult to do. So what Ireland does and what most places does is we have fossil fuel plants, which have backup generation and they provide a certain amount of baseload reliable generation. And it makes the system much cheaper mm-hmm. and much more stable. And Ireland's grid, we really rely on having a stable grid. We've never had an all system blackout, which is really remarkable for any grid. And we have so many industries that heavily rely on power, like data centers and pharmaceutical industries, that it would be catastrophic for the economy (laughs) if we suddenly stopped having reliable power. So that's why we're so reliant on fossil fuels. Okay, Um, so so just maybe to explain to the audience, uh, when you say base load, that is what the, the, the minimum amount of power that you need to know is instantly, instantly there to keep the, keep the system going, so to speak? Well, kind of. There, so there's always a certain amount of power that's going to get used. At any time of day, there's always some amount of power being used by the grid. And then there's peak times. So first thing in the morning and then in the evening where electricity peaks. So people go home and make the dinner and put on the wash. So the base load is kind of the all-round amount. And then the peak is kind of what goes on over that. Okay, okay. And right now we're using a mix of fossil fuels and wind energy and there's some storage in Turlock Hill, the people that's, maybe you could, maybe just go to what what we have today that's powering the country. Yeah, so at the moment we've, as of last week, I think we've shut down all the peat plants, but we still have coal. Uh, which is one of the most polluting fossil fuels, that's about 10 to 15% of our power. And that's one plant in Money Point, which is due to shut down in the next few years, actually. Then we have a good chunk of gas, which we get through one pipeline as well. So (laughs) it's not the most secure (laughs) method. (laughs) We have a lot of wind, with a tiny bit of hydro on the Shannon. We've got pumped storage. So that's where when there's extra electricity, the water is pumped up a hill. And then when we need more electricity, it's allowed to run back down and generate power with hydro. It's not entirely efficient, but means we get the electricity when we need it, because having instantaneous electricity is really what's key to keeping the grid stable. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to be developing solar. We don't have solar yet. And we also have interconnection with the UK and soon we'll have interconnection with France as well. So that means a certain amount of power we can get if we're lacking it and we can also sell back. I think at the moment we net import. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a whole variety of energy sources going into the grid, and this is a good thing. I think is is a balance important. Yeah, it's important to have a good mix. So if you're even talking about having different fossil fuels, so having Money Point, the coal plant, is good because if we suddenly lose access to gas, or if you like, you know, with Brexit, we don't know that Scotland are going to be able to or want to pipe gas into us anymore if something happened in Europe. Mm-hmm. So we can rely on coal coming in to kind of balance that out a certain amount because we don't have much storage for gas as well. We can restore, I think, two or three days worth of gas um, because it takes big volumes. And then in terms of renewables, it's really good to have diversity because renewables, you don't just switch on. You wait till it's windy, you wait till it's sunny. And when it's windy, it, like all over the country, that's great. We can have, you know, really high, you see, you know, the 80, 90% wind generation. Mm-hmm. And those are over the space of a few minutes or an hour where there's a big spike in wind. And then electricity prices drop really low because there's this huge 
amount of supply. Yeah. And that happens, that tends to be the case across Europe. So when it's windy in Ireland, it tends to be windy. When there's storms in Ireland, there's storms across Europe. So that's when the price drops really low everywhere. And then alternatively, when it's not so windy, prices go back up really high. And Ireland then, because we rely so much on wind, we then import at a really high price. Mm-hmm. So what would be better is if we also had more solar. And so, you know, maybe when it's not so windy, it could also be sunny. And if we balance it out with other types of electricity, we're, we kind of hedge against those really high prices. Okay. We're talking about, you know, nuclear. Why would we even look at nuclear? Surely we could, you know, surely the technology would allow us to build something that will be as good as a nuclear plant and balance the lack of wind when there's when there's those scarcities of renewable power. Well, there are plenty of things that are as good as nuclear at balancing. Those are mostly fossil fuels. So any plant that you can switch on for a relatively reasonable price is as good as nuclear. Um, and that's why, you know, you see a mix of them in other countries. Even countries with nuclear also have some fossil fuels. But fossil fuel plants emit a lot of carbon. And now what countries are doing are shutting those down because it prevents us from reaching our carbon uh, reduction targets. Mm-hmm. And we, there aren't very many low carbon technologies that you can dispatch. So there's the pumped storage, but that's re- you need something else to generate the power first to pump it up place, and yeah. come back down. And it's a very expensive way of doing it. And Ireland doesn't have many of those hills with reservoirs at the top where we can do that. There are batteries, but again, you have to generate the power first and store it. And then they have a certain capacity that they can release it at. And it gets very expensive when you start relying on them. Mm-hmm. They're good to a certain extent for balancing, but you don't want to be relying your whole grid on them. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, there's also carbon capture and storage for fossil fuel plants. And the Oroc- so this is also not permitted in Ireland, but the Oroctus are, there's an Oroctus committee looking into that. Carbon, uh, carbon capture and storage is not permitted in Ireland? Not currently. So no. it would need to be permitted. Carbon capture and storage is when you have a fossil fuel plant. It can be any, but typically you look at natural gas and you base, you prevent the carbon going into the atmosphere in the first place. Right. And they are, there are some of them that have been demonstrated. Uh, it's a newer technology. I think it is well worth looking into. I think all of our options are well worth looking into. Right. Nuclear especially. Nuclear is a proven technology. It's been around for 60 years. And it runs with almost no car- lower carbon, uh, net carbon emissions than solar. With that much? Yeah, in life, uh, life cycle emissions. Sure. It is reliable and it runs at a really high capacity factor. So a capacity factor is how often out of 100%, which is all the time, how often it can put out electricity. So solar is about 13 to 15%. Wind is about a third of the time because you're relying on the fuel, uh, which is the wind or the sun. Fossil fuel plants are, you know, 60 to 80%, depending. And nuclear is about 90%. Okay. So So nuclear plants can just be run all the time and they can be ramped up and down, especially smaller models. And so they would particularly suit Ireland's grid. So let's go to the point that I'm sure most people have is that this is really dangerous stuff. You know, it can leak, it'll destroy the environment. What's what's your thought about that? How, how, how risky are nuclear plants? Well, 
I'm going to separate like running nuclear plants and then storing nuclear waste. Cause I think okay. Okay. Th- those are two different things. So yeah. storing nuclear waste. So plants put out over their lifetime, relatively low volumes of waste. So over the lifetime, 60 year lifetime of a plant, it would fit into a basketball arena really? and in its casks. So they're, they're quite low volume in the six years of operation of civil nuclear. There has never been an environmental release from storage nuclear waste. So that is, that's incredible for any industry. Sure, sure. And then when you also look at nuclear waste, I mean, compared to other hazardous industrial waste we produce, radioactivity decreases over time. So you can store it on site for a certain amount of time and then, you can, and then it's cooled down, you can move it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, and there are good disposal options for nuclear waste at the moment and they're being built in other countries. The reasons why they haven't been built so far are like, uh, the, so the deep geologic is where you, where you bury it for sure. thousands of years. Very the stable. Uh, is because the volume's so low. Yeah. And what, there is no, it's such a large investment. Some countries with nuclear programs that have been running for decades have decided to wait until there's a large enough volume of waste to justify having these plants. And also because nuclear waste is only a waste if you don't reprocess it and recycle it and reuse parts of it. So some countries were looking to see would it be economically viable to do that before disposing of it. Okay. And what about the argument that nuclear energy is very expensive? The plants cost, I don't know how much it would cost, maybe a billion, I don't know. But would, you know, what's the argument about that? Is that true? Do you think that's a fair summary? Well, I think all electricity generation is very expensive, surprisingly expensive, (laughs) way more expensive than people would expect. Um, Because what we use is such a tiny amount. When you actually look at the cost of the whole plants, it's it's a lot. So nuclear is isn't particularly more expensive than other generation technologies. But the issue with nuclear, why people have this perception of it being particularly expensive is because with fossil fuel plants, building the plant is quite cheap and then running it is fairly expensive because you need to keep buying the gas. Building a nuclear plant is quite expensive and then running it is very cheap. You use pretty much no fuel, you use this tiny amount of fuel over its lifetime. So, and it lasts for 60 years or even longer. I mean, you see plants now that are, you just swap in and out the parts and they're getting licensed for longer. It's just, that's how long they've been, we've only had a nuclear industry for about 60 years. So, it's really difficult to finance something that has a large construction cost because there's obviously a risk involved with that. So say the construction stops for political reasons, or say the plant gets shut down early for political reasons, which is what happened in Germany. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the cost of electricity, instead of spreading the construction cost over a 60 year lifespan, you're spending it over a 30 and the cost of electricity goes up relatively. Yeah, Yeah. So it's not that they are more expensive, it's how our financing models make them look more expensive on paper. And then if that's an argument that gets used by people who are just flat out against nuclear and it's used to kind of scare people who don't know much about it. Okay. So that's, that's a very fair, I think, and balanced summary of, of where it is today, Sarah. Um, I understand you're involved with a report that lays out the arguments. Maybe you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, so almost exactly a year ago, a group of us, so we're professionals and this is all completely voluntary. We're, we actually spent money to print it, so it's cost, it's cost us money. But we, 
we got together and, you know, many of us were engineers and some of us have experience in the nuclear sector. And we put together a report kind of looking at the feasibility of developing nuclear power in Ireland and what benefits there might be. And so the International Atomic Energy Agency has these guidelines on countries that are looking to develop nuclear. So we went along with those. This is well established. And if Ireland did decide to go with nuclear, there's a lot of international support to do that. So we decided to start this process. We looked into some of the major infrastructure issues that they recommended be considered. And we found in all of them, nuclear seemed feasible for Ireland. And when we looked at the financing and the environmental impact, it actually seemed much preferable than the current proposals for like dramatically increasing renewables past the climate action plan from 2019's goals. So past that 70%. Yeah, yeah. We found that integrating, so our, the name of our group is called 18 for Zero because we found that integrating 18% nuclear into a mix that is mostly, it's about 70% renewables, lowers the cost of them, reduces the carbon emissions of them, and lowers the total plant cost. So that big capital cost is actually lower for the entire system. Mm. So we find that this is, a, this is a basis, we think, for a conversation to, to look into nuclear. So currently there are two pieces of legislation which prohibit their power plants being built and run. While these are in place, no research institutions really study nuclear because why would you put money into a big study sure, for something that's sure. never going to get built? So until we remove this legislation, it can't properly be studied okay. and it can't properly be considered. And climate change is such a massive yeah, risk. Exactly. Yeah, we should be at least considering all of our options. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, and where can people find this report? On 18for0.ie. And you can also find us on social media and there are links to the report on our social media platforms on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Okay, oh, Sarah, that's brilliant. Really, thanks for coming on. And I think you gave a very fair and balanced analysis of it's probably a somewhat technical topic for people, but I think they'll sense that you've looked at it and this should be something we should be at least debating anyway. Yeah, and I just really welcome them to take a look at the report or send us on any questions they have. The whole purpose of the report wasn't to definitively say what we should go with. It's to say what we should maybe consider. So we'd happily take, listen to anyone's views on it and talk to people about it. Okay, great. And as you may know, on this podcast, the guest can nominate the outro song. So have you thought of some song you'd like to hear? I have. Could we please go with Chain Reaction by Diana Ross? <laughs> okay, I get it. And um, yeah, I know the song too. <laughs> Thanks very much, Sarah. Brilliant to have you on it. Thanks so much for having me.